Welcome to Wrestling is Hard. We're every side of the dark side of the ring. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Emails, questions, complaints at Wrestling is Hard at gmail.com. I'm Jim. Before we even introduce each other, let's talk about the really big news. This is news everybody wants to talk about. Braun Strowman's back. Brandon, hello. How are you? The big news of the week. Braun Strowman is back. I'm doing all right. We got quite a sh- lot of shit to talk about. Oh, my God. So shit to talk about. Talk some shit. I'm ready. Chris, how are you? Fantastical. It's Tuesday after Labor Day, and I think it's Monday all my fucking day. Same here. <laughs> It's rainy in Philadelphia, which is fantastic. I took a nice oh, big lovely. fat nap. I, you could, I couldn't. So did I. Yeah, it was wonderful. Like an hour and a half, man. I had a dream with with like... Leonard Nimoy in it. Ooh, we were just talking about him yesterday. I know that's why I dreamed of him. Lost it. We were talking about the. Um, now, uh, did I dream uh, Velveteen Dream got arrested, or did that actually happen? No, that actually happened. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> locked up for uh, possession of paraphernalia. Not Dick. How do you get, how do you get locked up? Is he in Florida? He might be. I don't know. I think he's how do you from lock the up? Carolinas. Okay, I was gonna say how do you get Moscow, Florida? Good times. All right, I know what everybody wants to talk about. It's what everybody wants to talk about, but we're not gonna talk about that. Real quick, give them what they want. Yeah, I'll give them what they want. Real quick, just for our personal information and those at home. Remember, if you want to watch Stardom, you don't want to pay ten bucks. Go on their YouTube channel. They give you all the updates. They give you highlights. They give you everything. Real quick, we're going to go through this. Red Stars, um, a bunch of matches over the last week. Top of the card, we got Azumi, Himika, and Mika with 10 points. And then with 8 points, we got Utami, Koguma, Mai Sakurai, who's an underdog, who beat up a couple of people, and now all of a sudden she's up in there. And Tom Nakano, who just lost. Also, Blue Stars, Azagi's at the top with 14, but she lost two straight. Surprise, surprise. That gives me that gives you Sayakamitani with 12 right behind that and three-way tie. Julia, of course, Amisore and Marai. Marai lost a couple in a row too. Uh, Julia versus if you get a chance, check out Julia versus Natsupoi. It's Natsupoi's first match since she turned on Julia and joined uh, Cosmic Angels. And um, Julia beat the living fucking piss out of her, and the match was fucking amazing. Just gonna tell you to keep an eye out for that one. Uh, also, I checked out uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's first Cork and Hall show with cheering. It's a complete house show. But if you want to remember what it's like to watch professional wrestling in Japan and how much fun it is, go ahead and check this out. There it is. The, the crowd is going fucking nuts. We get a Kaze Ninare song. There's women in the front row bawling through the whole show. It is awesome. And, of course... Tanahashi in the main event cries. So there you go. Thoughts, questions, concerns, Brandon, good. Sounds like a lot of good stuff, but I got something else on my mind. I can hardly listen to you, Jim. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Chris, you have any thoughts, any concerns, anything, questions? There's only one thing going on in the world of professional wrestling, and we need to talk about it. All right, here we go. Why are we beating around the bush? This is so this is it. so ridiculous. Stupid. Now that we didn't get it. together this time. Brandon, did you watch live? Did you watch uh, tape delay? Did you watch the day after? Did you watch this I afternoon? watched it the day after. Okay. So Chris, you watched live and it fell asleep? I watched well, I wa yes, I watched live and then strategically shut it off at a point, picked it up the next morning. Yeah, because you were gassing. Yeah, I was gassing. I had a lot we had a you know, get together at the house and I had a lot of fucking work to do. I had to get up at like five in the morning, so I had to turn it off. I was gassed early and then I got my second win later on. But let's just talk about it. AEW double or nothing. 
highly anticipated by some. I wasn't all that highly anticipating. <laughs> there was a couple of uh, storylines on here that were pretty cool. But, man, was this a 14-match card? And I don't want to hear people say, like, <laughs> they were, the matches were short, though. It was still five fucking hours. I don't know what your cut you know, how you understand time. Five hours is five fucking hours. Seven to friggin' twelve. That's long. It's longer than the Super Bowl. Long. It's longer than the Super Bowl. Yeah. And people actually watch that I know. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, let's start. Um I'm just gonna go through the pre show and then we'll talk about it together, all right? First match, the Jericho Appreciation Society, Semi Guevara, who's back. And Tay Mello, that's her name now? I thought she was Ty Conti. Defeated Ortiz and Ruby Soho. Um, yeah, we'll just go back and talk about all these. Hook defeated Angelo Parker with Matt Maynard by submission. Pack defeated Kip Sabian. And Eddie Kingston defeated Tomohiro Ishii. Brandon, thoughts on the pre-show? Would have been great for like an episode of Rampage. The Friday night before or something, so didn't need to happen. I don't even know why I'm watching Kip Sabian. I for some reason, this is something you would pay for. Uh, but Kingston and Ishii was fun. They're now, what, that's the second time they faced each other. So get one more in there. Just a classic, exactly what you expect, and you know, probably the only memorable thing from that first hour. Curious thoughts. So quick question. Was this on YouTube? It was on YouTube. This is free. Yeah, okay. So this was free um, because I actually – it gave me the opportunity to uh, rent it mm-hmm. at seven o'clock, and then as I was watching, I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm not really paying for this. It's just tacked on, so I stay on the channel." Yes, make it a little bit more convenient. Um, so what do we have? Uh, I I stumbled because I was looking at the results because I forgot about all this. Um, I stumbled uh, Ty Conti now Ty Mello, which mm-hmm. I had no idea about. Uh, I had no idea. Maybe we talked about this before, so. Uh, she's an NXT uh, failure. <laughs> I mean, she was in NXT and nobody gave a shit. So mm-hmm. that furthers my proof that she sucks. Uh, and I don't care about her. Um, uh, Kip Sabian never actually gave a shit about him. Still don't really give a shit about him. I do like Pac. I'll re- watch re- Pac wrestle anyone. I will say this. <clears throat> um, I like his look. Who's that? Kip Sabian. Yeah. I do like, like that. Look he looks too. different. He's got the the gray, the silver hair, the eyeliner. I don't know anything about the character. I remember when he was heavily featured on TV, all we were doing was shitting on AW nonstop. Right. It was tough I mean, to this watch was back the then. arcade that was made out of cardboard and yeah. all this shit. So I'm not going to shit on Kip Sabian. I mean, like, you know, but he's got a good look. I don't know what he's like on the mic. I kind of dig it when the British wrestlers go at it to get a little bit of a different style that you, that we usually see. Uh, different approach, but um, you know, not minding this. Um, I uh, think I shit through the through the entirety of the hook match. Although, listen, I'm going to okay. say this: I really enjoyed. Uh, Action Bronson came out. I fucking loved that. Dude, I, I love that guy. German suplex that guy. Yeah, I love Someone that dude. On Twitter too. I was like, holy shit. I love that guy. Um, so it was good to see him. I even said it's going to be tough for this whole pay per view to top that because I got really excited for him to come out. Uh, and um, Ishii and uh, Eddie Kingston was exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, right? I do like Eddie Kingston, a little wolfing. He's mm-hmm. wolfing. Yeah, he is. He's out a little bit. 
needs his haircut. He needs his beard trimmed. He looks good. And when uh, I believe Ishii wouldn't shake his hand at the end, he kind of gave him like a yeah. look, like a look of disbelief. <laughs> well, what are you doing? I like that. So, that's, that's, that's such good. that's such a new like a Japanese wrestling thing. It's like you don't shake your someone's hand when they lose. You just go mutual respect. Fuck you. I'll get you next time. Big fan right. of that. So, I like that. But as far as like what Brandon said, as far as this being a lead in, um, you know, you could <clears throat> maybe something at WWF. I, like we said, we don't watch any. I haven't watched any of their shit, and I don't watch their their pay per views or whatever they're called special events now, uh, especially since Peacock. But something that they could learn from aw is they do these pre-shows that are an hour hour and a half long and they have two wrestling matches and then a bunch of talking why don't you just throw some dudes on a fucking card get them in there Mm -hmm. you know i mean the only thing i can think of that they don't do that is maybe they're just trying to sell it and they have much better production when it comes to um uh vignettes and and storyline stuff so they use a lot of that but it's a good good time to get nxt dudes on a wwe pay-per-view and the pre-show that you know, a lot of those, I mean, you got to, I, I would just assume that most WWE fans are probably the same thing. Most WWE fans don't know who, um, what's his name is? The Steiner kid, whose name I already forget. Ron Breaker. Ron Breaker. They probably don't even know who that dude is. Is you he know? in the main roster uh, now? No, he's still the NXT champion, I believe. Okay. okay. So, you understand what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's good because you know the way these things are. They, they really don't know the nxt guys so mm-hmm. anyway not bad i it was a good way to warm up especially ishii and uh and um eddie kingston yeah i uh quick points uh sammy guevara dropping ruby soho on her on her head nice job there sammy real safe guy uh i like to matt maynard immediately challenges for hook it challenges hook and i like that hook is like going against these guys that are veterans that don't mind getting the piss kicked out of them so that's good um, the fans seem to really be into Kip Sabian. Now we've been watching in, uh, you know, AW since Jump. I don't care. I what am I missing? It must be all being the elite or something. I, I why do I care about this? What am I missing? Did, didn't he like have a prominent, maybe not a champion or a prominent spot in either Ring of Honor or Impact? Don't know. Wherever he, came, I think it's. I'm going to take a stab and say it's from wherever he came from. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I, but I'm pretty sure because he was somebody. I think he was a Ring of Honor guy. I don't know. But I don't know. I could look it up. Yeah, but then that'll take away from us talking about. I think it, <clears throat> what I read it as is just there's this thing sometimes with the AEW fans where if it's like one of their original guys, especially right. one they haven't seen in a while, they just like like to get super pumped on the fact that, hey, we've been here since the beginning, so have you. Kip Sabian with your eyeliner. <laughs> the bull, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's funny. So my wife was paying attention to her in this. She only watched a little bit of it. Uh, she thought uh, Ty Conti was absolutely bizarre looking, but she did like Kip Sabian the way he looked. So we're not crazy. I'm not crazy saying she looks like a Cabbage Patch Kid. She does look like a cabbage patch kid. She's bizarre looking. I also like the way Kip Sabian looked, but I, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he looked good. He, he's got something going. He's on. got a look. He's got, yeah, but yeah. he's got something. That's all there is to it, right? He's got something going on. It's something. Yeah. Better than half of the dudes at all. Like go flip the other channel and everybody's buff and greased again. Mm-hmm. You know, different variations of the same, like different skins of the same character. Yeah, it's a creator wrestler. All right, um, let's go on to the main card. Okay, 
casino ladder match. The Joker with Stokely Hathaway, Ethan Page, Lee Moriarty, Colton Gunn, Austin Gunn, and W. Morrissey <laughs> defeated Claudio, uh, Batman Calzone, uh, Wheeler Yuta, Bat, uh, Penta El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Rush, Andrade El Idolo, and Dante Martin. Brandon, thoughts? Oh, I guess I should say, yeah, Joker came in last, mask on, did the foot sweep, which which duped me into thinking that he was it was Kota Ibushi like a dummy. Like, why would Kota Ibushi be there? Because I wanted anything to be exciting about this, not predictable. And um, then he climbed the ladder and got the uh, the chip. Go ahead, Brent. The ladder match wasn't bad, but they kind of make it a moot point because everyone's just waiting for who the Joker is the whole time, so you're hardly paying attention to it. Um, the Joker did look cool when he came down. I like this look. Kind of uh, reminded me of that Righteous Gemstones when they were the the devil mask turtleneck thing he had going on there. I'm pretty sure he just jacked it completely from that. Right. It's like I've seen this before, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Chris, um, it was a ladder match. Um, it was. Uh, yes, it was. You know, we've seen it all a million times. Um, I don't know. I disagree. I've never seen. Um, Someone set up a ladder, stick a ladder between the ladder, do nothing with that ladder, and then have Claudio Castanoli try to pick up all the ladders, have them all fall, and then do nothing with it. And it just looked like a wreck director set in the middle of the ring. That was a one first first time thing for me. It looked terrible. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. So I have nothing left, and uh, we can move on to the next match. That was exactly the point I was going to make, but that's okay. Let's move on. That's right. No, I liked – yeah, that, I was going to make that point. You nailed it. That was like the Claudio Castagnoli, like, let's put weight on top of weight on top of weight with more weight on top of it and not go through this before to make sure the dude could actually lift it. Or have a this. It it's ring, made out of aluminum, it. and aluminum is not all that strong. No. <laughs> so fucking terrible. Um, I did like the uh, Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil, him coming down. I thought that was a nice touch. Yep. I guess Tony, I really paid, Tony Khan paid for that, so he ain't going nowhere anytime soon. Mm-mm. Whoever the Joker is. Whoever it was. Whoever it was. Tournament final for the inaugural AW World Trios Championship. The Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, with Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa, defeated Hangman Adam Page, who was subbed in for a... Tased and injured of uh, number 10. That happened somewhere. And the rest of the Dark Order, um, uh, Vlogger, Phoenix, and uh, Johnny two times via pinfall. Uh, Brandon, thoughts? I just couldn't get over how fucking corny it is for them, again, to give themselves the inaugural belts of something else that they've created. The fact that they just keep doing this shit is like kind of took away from... The match for me, so. Chris, good. Um. So, yeah, I don't even know how to put this. I couldn't possibly give a fuck less about these three anymore. Uh, Kenny Which Omega three are you talking did, about because the, it's all the six, three so. that I constantly fucking talk shit about. The, the Dark Orders, they're. I mean, the Dark Orders, a jobber tag, jobber faction. So they were there. Um, you have the ability to have Roosh and um, Andrade. I don't know if they could have had Dragon Lee for this match, but somebody else in there to make it a really exciting match and who's going to win this thing. Um, but instead, you did that on TV, uh, and then you camouflaged Roosh or, and and, um, and Andrade into a 
pointless ladder match just to bring back the Joker, bring in the Joker. Not, not back no spoilers. in the Joker. Oh, no, no spoilers. To bring in the Joker. So these guys were basically in a useless thing. They 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 had a place. I don't get it. All right, you put Claudio Castagnoli in there, fine. Dante Martin, you know, he's like an up-and-comer. Um, the kid from Villanova. Wheeler um, Uta. Wheeler Uta. Up and comer, you put these guys in that match, and you have these established stars. We'll just throw them in there where they have no chance of winning, and then we'll use the jobber three to go wrestle. Well, not hangman, but the other two jobbers. They're going to use them to go wrestle in this six man tag match for a belt that traditionally in professional wrestling, there's always been six man tags. From when we were kids, there were six man tags, and they never fucking wrestled for them, and nobody gave a fuck. And here's where they dropped the ball, according to me. They should have, if you're going to have a trios champion and tell the story of the trios title, use trios rules where you have a fucking captain on each team. And if the captain gets pinned, everything's two out of three falls. And if the captain gets pinned, the falls over or two guys get pinned, the falls over. Go back to original Mexican trios fucking rules. Yeah, I love those make rules. it different and have it be cool because it can be super high paced and you can have pinfalls coming out of nowhere that don't end the match. Right. You can tell so many stories. You can have the background of these trios matches. You can bring guys in from fucking Mexico to wrestle in them and give it a point. This is just a way to put titles on those three fucking doofuses shoulders. You also lose Kenny Omega for X amount of months, however long he's been gone. Right. And then when he comes back from injury, he is exactly the same guy. With Michael Nakazawa, they just replay the same fucking thing. And Don Callis making the same fucking commentary. This was a complete waste of fucking time. And these three are fucking bums. I'm sick of it. Kenny Omega's great in the fucking ring, but he talks like... We've talked about this before. There's a Champions League ad that airs on cable. And it's got a guy who's obviously European and talking to Americans how he thinks Americans act. And this is Kenny Omega coming out, acting like what I think Japanese people think Americans act like on American TV. Because he acted this way in New Japan as well, right? It's just, fuck him. I'm so fucking over it. I just don't give a shit. That's all I got to say. You know, guys, before I talk about anything, I'm, I'm refreshing my feed because there's rumors there might be a press conference while we're recording, and I just want to see what's going on. I just get tagged with asking my opinion on something with uh, the Wrestler Observer Newsletter and Dave Meltzer. So we're on the same thing. <laughs> I will not be responding to that. Thank you very much. But I just thought that was interesting. Uh, my biggest problem with this isn't the elite. Of course, we laugh about this, that these guys put the title on themselves. You look at any other company that has a trios championship, the top dudes are not in it. <laughs> like in New Japan, it's like the chaos dudes or uh, what, what the fuck's the one that everybody hates? A House of Torture. House of Torture. Speaking of which, during that New Japan show, legit boost for House of Torture. Thank you very much. I was right. I knew that that would be that way with the, uh, a full crowd. My biggest problem with this was that uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, whose names I know because I'm staring at the Wikipedia. That's the only reason I know their names. As soon as they were involved in this match, I knew that it wasn't a, like it was. There was no suspension of disbelief at that point. They were done. They were doomed. Why should I care? 
I didn't, I mean, like, I knew that the who was winning this match, but at least give me some kind of, you know, reason to doubt who was winning. So all the jumping and all the spots and all the near falls and all that stuff for 20 minutes didn't fucking matter anyway because I knew who was going to win. That was my biggest problem with this whole thing. Brandy, any final thoughts? Right. And it just puts the belts in a spot where you know that they only care about it because it's the inaugural one and mm-hmm. fit what they wanted to do at the moment. And then when they eventually dump them to whoever they when they're they're done with them, nobody's going to want to watch that shit anymore. No. It's it's set up horribly again to appease three people out of uh, a million people that are going to pay attention. <laughs> six man tag matches, six man tag belts should be like for either established dudes that have been around for a while that are like kind of on the downwards and then uplifting someone else. Lose to the young guys. Older guys have it. Lose to the young guys. Young guys had it. Get screwed over by bad guys that are older. Then flip it over again. It's just there to give people something to do. Get them on the card. <laughs> right. Fill in spots. Okay, uh, you want to make it feel important? Um, you know, in Philadelphia, when they're live for Dynamite, the main event is going to be the six-man titles. It makes you think that something might go down. Whether those titles mean anything, at least you'll see a title change hands. It'll make you want to go to a live show. All right, final thoughts on that? Good. Yeah, I got to say, too, like, has anybody given a shit, like, you know, who's more impactful as, like, say, a... All right, let me see how to phrase this. I'm going to try to do it quickly. I'm sorry. Nobody gives a fuck. Or, I mean, I guess there is, there's a lot of fans that do, so let me just take that back. But, you know, there's there's a different feeling to me than when Penta and Ray Phoenix or... Or uh, the guys that have Swerve in Our Glory, they have the tag titles as opposed to the Young Bucks. And it's a totally different feeling. We're on another level when Mox is the champion as opposed to Kenny Omega. Like, we're just on another fucking level. It's interesting. Right? When I sit here and I see they talk about Kenny Omega as this great wrestler, there are aspects to wrestling on to other than just being able to do moves. And you look at a Mox, and Mox is fucking... And you're talking to a guy, I say it all the time, I shit on this guy for years. Right, well, you, he, you won him over. He won you over, so, yeah. Yeah. You see the depth of character without the... Uh, lack of a better way to put it, athletic ability, because that is so fucking secondary in this business. But, Chris, I mean, I'm not defending Kenny Omega. He can defend himself. He'll come on and defend himself. He's the moves guy. So, you know what I mean? There's character guys, there's moves guy. He, he's the moves guy. Ricochet is a moves guy. He's not a characters guy. Character guy. Fair, fair enough. Right. But when other than... All right, so when in professional wrestling has the moves guy really been able to carry a company? For a while. That's it. And then you get Omega. Or then you get Okada who comes along and can do everything. Exactly. Right. Okay. Any more thoughts on this, please? Let's move on. No. All right, cool. More important match. Jade Cargill defeats Athena in four minutes and 20 seconds. AW Championship. Next. What a fuck. What a spot to put these two women in. After everybody's going nuts, the internet's... They're on their fucking phones. They're like, this is the greatest fucking match I've ever seen in my entire life. Alex Reynolds really showed up, whoever the fuck that is. You know, Alex Reynolds, I assumed, was... When I'm watching the match, I thought he was um, Alan Angels. Who was another <laughs> Dark Order guy. Like, I don't know who any of these dudes are. You know no, what? Because I don't want to be in the elite. And, you know and the other thing is... Three quarters of your, of your uh, Dynamite uh, households don't watch being the elite either. Good. 
I was going to say, the other thing is, is that you have, there's a reason why, like, Vince would be like, oh, I can only have one Joe. Right. You get fucking confused. Alex. I mean, you really do. There's Ryan, only one, Alex. Got, they all have the same Alan Angels, Alex Winters, Jonathan Alex Winters. Winters. <laughs> yeah. I know Alex Winters is. Uh, fucking Bill and Ted. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Jake Cargill uh, yeah. looked fantastic. Oh, she looked awesome. Uh, she looked great. Um, she Hulk. She looked uh, like She Hulk. Yeah. Uh, Athena. Um, yeah. No. And uh, and uh, this match was quite messy. But what are you gonna do? You had Jake Cargill in there. It was fun. Whatever. Whatever. It was a she tough won. spot, man. Bad spot. Tough spot. Bad spot. That paint was pretty bad. It was bad. She it turns paint. around, her entire paint. legs are on paint. <laughs> Just off it, was like she, it was like they they sprayed her, and then she immediately sat down and pulled half of it off, and then she got yeah. up. And she, you get it from behind, and it's like she, oh, she, look no cool. she looked cool until she got in the until it started smearing. She but, didn't yeah. have to paint herself green. She no. could just worn the gear. Yeah, yeah. she looked good. She always looks good. She looks fantastic. She one glows. Of to, one of the reasons to tune in. Uh, next up, very important match. So glad I spent time watching it. As a matter of fact, I think I left the room and did the dishes. Six-man tag match. Wardlow and FDR defeated Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns with Satnam Singh and uh, Sanjay Dutt. It was nice to see Satnam Singh in the ring, though, because that dude is a fucking giant. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, I totally skipped this. I couldn't fucking, I couldn't do it. At this point, we're, this <laughs> no, is match eight dishes. out of 15, and I'm like, I'm going to gas myself. And you can kind of, uh, when you watch it after the fact, you can kind of run your cursor along the bottom of your screen and see, like, okay, how long does this go? And I'm like, whoa, 22 fucking minutes later. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Four minutes for the women. I mean, they, they earn that four minutes, I'll tell you that. Chris, do you have any thoughts on this or can I move on? Left the room. Singles match, Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Ricky Starks by pinfall five minutes. Brandon thoughts. <laughs> Another weird decision by I should have just taken all three of these matches and just glued them together. Yeah, just nah. see this. Okay. <laughs> three rings out no of all going on at the at same all. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Almost no reaction from the crowd kind of surprised me when this ended. Great. <laughs> They should legit do this like they do like wrestling and jujitsu tournaments where they just have like twenty mats going. <laughs> it's like going to a concert and like like at a festival. Yeah, and if you, you want to see if you want to see Powerhouse, head over to the green stage down this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, the wet room is over here for Wardlow and FDR. Go ahead. I'm not gonna say anything bad about this. It did end like I was surprised by the ending, but I like both of these guys, and I'm glad they got a spot in the pay per view. And you know, but I had nothing to say about it. There we go. Okay, move on. Uh, AEW World Tag Team Championship. Swerving our glory defeated the acclaimed. Uh, Brandon, thoughts? This was good. I mean, uh, the acclaimed are over at this point. Um, where it actually felt like they were destined to win this by how much more popular that they were. I was almost wondering if they were going to audible based on the crowd reaction here and give them the belts. Um, Billy Gunn with the fucking scissor thing is like actually got me at this point, dude. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's it so stupid. insanely stupid. It's, so stupid. <laughs> it's like it's like he, that shirt he had, he had it was like scissor, scissor, scissor me ass daddy, ass daddy, scissor me, scissor with me ass daddy. I'm like, <laughs> what in the fuck? <laughs> it's great. Um, 
Yeah, the match and the match itself was fun. Um, Twenty two minutes is a little long for you know for what we're doing here, but it was good for a, a tag match. Yeah, Chris, thoughts? No, you know, so I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, so I'll just say it now that this was my favorite match of the entire night. I was yeah, actually yeah, this really, was fun. I, I really was bought this. into this. This was like one match. two for me. Well, there was there was a couple I, of matches I was into, but good. But I was I was legit bought into this match. I thought it was fucking really good. Um, I was on the edge of my sheet. Sheet. I was sitting on the edge of my sheets. Skeet. Sitting on the edge of skeet. I was on the edge of my seat. I was screaming at the TV every time they didn't win. Um, I personally, you know, I, 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 I think if they, I, I was surprised they didn't win because it looked like they were fucking primed. You know what I mean? It's one of those situations where I think they may have lost an opportunity, but they kept working that. Uh, swerve Keith Lee screwing up and hurting each other angle. And I figured that was going to lead to the, a few between them, like we've been saying for months and they keep walking away from it. So I assume it's eventually going to be what ends up losing their tag titles and they, they fight with one another. But um, the one guy who, who I just think he does way too much. And uh, I, he kind of loses me because he's going from one thing to another so quickly is um, he's got, I think he's got a lot of unnecessary stuff is swerve. Yeah. And at the end, yeah, but at the end, like I was all about him. Yeah, he's such a great character, and he like when he did the scissor and then went to the middle finger, fantastic. I mean, that whole match was great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Anthony Bowen selling the knee the whole fucking time. He never stopped selling that knee. You know, especially when we watch like super like top of the card guys in wrestling who like sell the knee, sell the knee, sell the knee, and then pull off their finisher that involves <clears> whatever <throat> body part they've been. You know, they've been uh, selling the whole time. So this was good. Really good match. I was very happy. Scissor me, Skeet Daddy Chris. Skeet Daddy Chris, scissoring the neighbors. <laughs> All right. Next up, four-way match. Oh, I really like this match, too. It was awesome. And one of my favorite matches of the show. Four-way match for the interim AEW World, uh, Women's World Championship. Tony Storm defeated Dr. Britt Baker, Jimmy Hayter, and Hikaru Shida. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, another one. Uh, three in a row here at this point where it felt like the crowd was really into the match for someone else, and that's not what they give you. Uh, massive Jamie Hayter chance throughout. I like Britt Baker finally you know, crossing that line and, and fucking her over out of the belt, almost trying to win it that way. Karushita really landed in with a kendo stick throughout, and Tony Storm fucking is our new champion uh, to a quiet room, unfortunately. Yeah. These, the crowd sucked for this. Uh, Chris, thoughts? Uh, I think this match was a victim of bad placement again, or not necessarily a victim of play, bad placement, but not maybe not expecting people to be into that fucking tag team match as much as they were. Hmm. Uh, and they started out this match being into it and really chanting for Jamie Hayter, but they kind of gassed out at one point. Uh, I will say this because we didn't cover and we're not going to cover Dynamite, but I believe something during Dynamite um, that I want to paraphrase Jim Ross about Hikaru Shida, where he actually oh said, like, Hikaru oh, Shida, she's, uh, she's starting American now. She's, she's starting to get whiter. Little, she's starting to get whiter, you know what I mean? You know, I had a sit down with, with Bill Watts, who I used to oh, work oh for. I God. talked to the ghost of Bill Watts. If he's dead, I don't know. I don't know if he's dead or not. Bill Watts is dead. He's very pale. I sat there and I talked to him and he said, you got to be white to get along. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. But anyway, um... Yeah, this was good. Um, these matches usually are very predictable, and you know, and they work. The uh, Bigfoot McGee, uh, she was she was trying to screw over her homie. We've been waiting for that for a while, so it finally happened. Yep. 
I did like the uh, Akara she just disappears for a while. And then she comes out with the two sticks and just basically is spinning in the middle of the ring, whacking people with her sticks. Yeah. I loved it. That was great. Good stuff. Um, singles match. Uh, Christian Cage defeated Jungle Boy in 20 seconds. Luchasaurus came out, beat up Jungle Boy on the top, and then uh, pinfall in the ring. So Luchasaurus is officially uh, evil. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, whatever. I didn't realize he was hurt at the time and thought this was fucking weird. Makes sense. Probably could have just pulled this off if that's what was going on instead of making sure it's 15 matches. Yeah. Chris? Yanked it. Should have yanked it and had it in a vignette in the beginning of the show. Singles match. Chris Jericho defeats Brian Danielson, which I figured would happen because Chris Jericho doesn't lose on pay-per-views. And probably my least favorite Brian Danielson match since he came to AEW. Brandon thoughts? Why is that? I just thought it was messy. Just didn't get into it. It was messy. Yeah. Very messy. Good. Yeah, I wouldn't. Say, I guess it would, maybe it is my least favorite. I don't know because I was going to say I don't have too much on this. I sat there. It was you know it was twenty plus minutes. I didn't mind watching it at this point. I'm like, okay, we're going home with the cards. The last hour of the show, seemingly, but uh, not particularly memorable from the two outside of the fact that I enjoyed just watching those two because it felt like even though I've watched each of them for dozens of hours, I, I don't remember watching them go against each other. Right. Chris, that's yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, Jim, because I couldn't figure out what was wrong. The the match missed. Uh, Brian Danielson matches have like a snappiness to them, and it it didn't have that snappiness. And it has that you know that Brian Danielson ramp up, slow down, ramp up, slow down, ramp up, slow. Down, and it really didn't have any of that. Mm. And um, but you know, wasn't bad. It's I like the ending. It was I expect fine, more out of know? Danielson. Yeah, yeah. But um, we got what we got. Mm-hmm. It's all. It was. It, you just muted yourself while you were talking. It's also like as low stakes as it can get for these guys. True. All right, six man tag match. Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro defeated the House of Black via pinfall. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, this was fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I can always get behind sting beating the shit out of somebody at 60 years old he can still pull it off he, he missed fucking malachi black and we get some weirdness here i guess our boys uh leaving i'm assuming we'll maybe okay I'll, I'll stop there then okay chris uh yeah i really enjoyed this fucking uh i say it over and over again sting's one of my favorite guys in wrestling right now hot sting, um, hot things uh, hot ting hot tag sting man he's it's awesome hot ting you know hot ting and <laughs> Well, here's the thing about Sting right now. And we want to, if you want to hear one thing about Sting, I'm going to tell you the, the Sting Sting. <laughs> the, the Skeet Ting. I'm going to tell you Sting Sting when I give you this thing about Sting. And that is he's an older man who doesn't think he can go in a match uh, <laughs> and as the main event on his last match of all time. And he can hardly move. He goes in there for a minute. Then he gets out. He does one massive thing. Everybody goes crazy. Less is more. Uh, I believe there's a certain certain man of the woods. Um, the woods being, you know, the, the, the grass, the trees, the birds. I'm just talking about nature in general. That man of nature may want to take this into consideration and back the fuck off. Because, like, no, he thing comes out, does his thing, and he fucking rolls. We don't get too much of him. They do what they can with him. They've handled him perfectly from day one. This was fucking great. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did the wake up immediately look at Instagram at 5 o'clock in the morning like a fucking idiot. 
and uh, saw that and was like, shit, why did you look at your phone? I saw <laughs> fucking missed Malachi Black, and I was pretty pissed. But it was good. This was fucking great. Yeah, it was nice. You had Miro, who's, you know, he wants to take on the entire team. He doesn't really want to be tagging with these guys. So they got to force each other in the ring. Him and Darby Allen are not really getting along. Yeah, this is good. This is a good match. And of course, uh, coming out of this, Malachi Black, he gets missed. He walks off stage. She gets like a round of applause. Um, rumor is that he's injured and banged up. He asked for, rumor is, is that he asked for his release. Tony Khan's not going to give it to him, but he's going to step away from wrestling for a little while. He's got some shit going on. Whether it's personal, physical, it's got a couple things going on that he's going to deal with. So there you go. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, good luck to him, man. He uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, always feels like he can be in a, a slightly bigger spot than he is, but I, have, I don't have a bad word to say about him since he's been AEW. They're really getting somewhere with House of Black, with Brody King and uh, Buddy, Buddy, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I, I, I hope. Buddy. You, I wish him the best. <laughs> I'm, Buddy. I'm Buddy. I'm part of the dark, the dark people, the black people. Oh, that sounds racist. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> <laughs> How's the black? I bet. How's there black? you go. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Um, I, I am Malachi Black. I am Brody King. I'm Buddy. <laughs> hey, Buddy. <laughs> it's Buddy. You know, this all kind of, you know, with, with Malachi Black walking away. I could, you know, Miro, to, he had black pants on. He had black shorts and black kick gear on. Miro takes over while he's gone. Wouldn't be he terrible. Them. It's a good fucking evil promo, Miro. I'm into it. Of course, it's all. Seemed like Brody King was starting to drive there in that promo before the match. I'm mm-hmm. assuming he'll he'll do that, but who knows? Yeah, it slide them right in the tag team picture. Yeah, for everybody crying that Malachi Black wasn't getting enough. Uh, you know, he's losing too much. Well, we got some answers. Probably, he probably can't can't do much. So there you go. Main event time. You ready for it? The fifteenth match on the show. If you include the the uh, the pre-show. Uh, singles match for the AEW World Championship. CM Punk defeats John Moxley via pinfall. A lot of blood. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, a lot of blood. I, I'll go and say this was my favorite of all of them. Um, you know, it just felt like a big fucking deal after watching a lot of shit for the majority of that. Um, the prom- Without going into Dynamite, three promos from the two of them, I, I really got into all of them. So I was I was kind of pumped up in that sense, even though they wedged it together in a, a week or two there. Uh, some, some strange backstory before then with the squash match. But, yeah, but I think that this felt like a big fucking deal, man, watching these two. I, like, I, I genuinely appreciated that. The crowd's going nuts. You know, it's formulaic in the sense that you're, you kind of know what you're going to get in Chicago. Uh, but John Moxley makes you believe that he can win this. And I don't think he's really ever lost clean since he's been in AEW. So big deal in that sense. Chris thoughts. Um, excellent match. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess I kind of worked it in my head that this was going to go down the way it did. So I wasn't that surprised. I don't think many people would have been the punk usually doesn't lose in Chicago, but you know, um, excellent work from, from both guys. I, I really don't have much more to add than that. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not too much more. To, to say it was just a good fucking main event for a card that was what it was. Then the big, you know, we get the Joker comes out. We get a little, uh, wait, is this when we get the reveal of um, the Rolling Stones? Was this part? 
Mm-hmm. No, he well, he came out to the Rolling Stones oh, earlier, yeah. and then yeah, um, that's so when he, he came out, out to the ladder. And we get a voicemail from Tony Khan begging someone to come back to work. <laughs> this is ridiculous, and uh, it's revealed it's uh, MJF. Nothing too surprising there. We talked about it. Unless you thought it was Kota Ibushi, Jim. Well, that was that was earlier in the show. I didn't think that. I didn't really think that. I thought MJF was showing up no matter what in this match, but uh, yeah, we get MJF and it just goes off uh, goes off air. And then that's when the real pay-per-view started after that. Brandon, thoughts? Maybe I'm misremembering, but I I could have sworn that they played simply for the devil at this point. I think so, too. Whether it was the first or second time, I could have sworn that's what it was. But I I just wanted to call out that some of this shitty ideas from the beginning of AEW, like, come back to bite them in these big spots where – MJF comes into the ring and he looks awesome as the the fucking devil, whatever, Joker. And then they start playing his actual music and he looks so fucking cheap and stupid with yep. the Burberry Square background and his shitty song and haircut. And I'm like, oh, this was such a good build. This is this company's come so, so far from when they rolled him out and this looks like complete dog shit. Wouldn't Nobody it be amazing? Cares. The place goes nuts. Wouldn't it have been amazing if like he, he has a different look? Yeah. Like God they reinvent him? Instead of being this cheap knockoff of someone that's rich, they actually make him look important. He still looks like a jackass from high school whose parents bought him a scarf one year. Exactly, yeah. Right. You could have done something cool there, and then you just see that generic-ass Burberry, and I'm like, oh, my God, man. I could buy that at Macy's. You're not special. <laughs> it's like $80. Right. It's like fucking Hollister for adults. <laughs> Come on. Grow up. Chris, <laughs> thoughts? Uh, you know, it's the same thing I was saying about Kenny Omega earlier. If you're going to disappear and then come back later, come back different. Different. Right? There's only one guy that I can think of in the history – well, two guys in the history of professional wrestling that can get away with disappearing and then coming back exactly the same. And one coming back completely out of style for the time that he comes back. And he's probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. John Cena. You're talking and about fucking John, John Cena. Cena. Yeah. That's Absolutely. it. Yeah. And you ain't fucking that's the, the the what are they the exception that proves the rule. Right. Like you gotta change. There's only one dude that's not be able to change. I mean fucking like look, Stone Cold never changes, but Stone Cold can't change. No. Black chunks, best that's it. He's kinda timeless. Dudes are still trying dudes are getting in their truck and recording themselves selfie style, making political statements looking like Stone Cold Steve Austin make, yeah, in twenty twenty two. Making sure they get a Punisher logo yes. sticker in the background. Yeah, I they get cut it. their head, they shave their head, they got the goatee, so they'll look like the Punisher logo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, they're the only dudes. I, Even Sting, I, Sting was Surfer Sting, and then he was reinvented as the other Sting. Then he became Joker Sting. He now he's undead. Million. Now he's undead Sting. That he's unstoppable Sting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only reason he ain't changed his makeup is because his makeup is, once again, it's fucking iconic. So you have to look the same with that crow look. Right. Right. But I'm waiting for the day, like, before he leaves in his last show for fucking AEW, he comes out of Surfer's thing. I'm yes. waiting for it. That hair. Oof, that, that hair. fucking hair. You yeah. fucking just shave it off and come out with the old school makeup. Um, I, there were some serious MJF chants in Chicago with CM Punk in the ring with a belt. I yeah. think that's kind of something that should be noted. But other than that, you know, and that's the other thing. I wanted to make this point. When MJF was on his 
longest i mean that period from the beginning of AEW, right so we'll go through everything with uh what were the two big ones the big ones were jericho uh when jericho was apparently saggy boob hercules and fucking uh bloated saggy boob hercules yes and then cm yeah and then cm punk same thing right we go through these two big storylines and it was the same thing every week with um with uh with mjf right same cheap heat come down rag on the fucking city you're in call everybody fucking names shit like that he um he uh Yes. You need to pull guys back sometimes. Yeah. And let them go. Like you like I know why Brandon's laughing. I called myself. Some words almost came out that I didn't I want to it. say. Yeah. yeah. Um so anyway, he you, you have a television show, right? Just cuz you're paying guys in this cuz we're watching a TV show just like any other. They just happen to do it live every week from a different city. You you're paying guys just like you would pay actors, right? So you pay actors that are in whatever your favorite show is. Like let's say Jim's favorite show, Mesh. You pay Alan Ooh. Alda. You pay Alan Alda. Alan Alda doesn't have to be there fifty two weeks a fucking year. He shoots twenty six episodes. The show goes off for the season. Then all these characters come back, and you're excited to see them. This is might be a lesson that pro wrestling can take. You can take certain guys and be like, look, we're done with the storyline. We don't need you anymore. We don't have anywhere to go. We're going to send you. You can go do your thing, right? You're still going to get paid. And then next season, we bring you back. And we set, insert a whole other storyline for you. And then, because, like, it keeps those characters fresh, right? You don't have to – and it gives you the opportunity to fucking grow new characters. And that's it. That's all I got. That's all we have to talk about. Goodbye. Bye. Lulz. So they have a presser afterwards. Now I didn't watch this live. I only saw clips. I tried to catch the pressure. I was presser. I was too fucking gassed. This is a long day. I was cooking all day. I was drinking. This is a long day. But uh afterwards, so CM Punk does an interview. <laughs> He's got blood all over his face. He starts he puts I I think it, according to the clip that I saw, he like Find somebody. I don't know who was asking the question. So they started asking. In the last presser, the presser before this pay-per-view, these quote-unquote reporters are actually starting to ask questions, like real questions, not blowjob questions. Uh, why aren't the women getting more time on television? You know, uh, you only get four minutes, stuff like that. Tony Khan goes on this little thing. He's like, I think it was appropriate to give her that much time. And other person knows that. And he changes immediately. As soon as he gets pressured about some information, he turned into promo mode. And he was like, you know, make sure you go and buy the pay-per-view this week. And uh, it's going to be available on this. <laughs> so they're starting to push him a little bit, which they should be doing. That's what reporters do. You want to find out information. You want to ask questions. If you want to treat this like it's a real sport, you better be ready to answer for some questions like it's a real sport. If you want it to be a TV show, keep it all secret. Don't talk about anything. So they start they start questioning about stuff like that. So some came out about Colt Cabana something I don't remember what it was. But Punk from the video I watched, Punk sees the guy that asked about or has brought up this Colt Cabana thing, and basically just starts yelling at this dude about Colt Cabana, saying the most money, most the person that's gotten the most money out of my name is Vince McMahon and Scott Colton. So he's going on his whole fucking tirade. Apparently he goes backstage, a fist fight happens. Ace steals, biting people. Somebody gets hit, gets hit with a chair. This is all being reported as could have happened, should have happened, may have happened. This is fucking wild. 
What, what is this? I know Brandon loves this shit. I like my TV shows to be TV shows, but I think I think you know Brandon. I'll let you speak for yourself on this, but your thoughts on this insanity, God. Of course I love this. This is fucking hilarious, dude. Kenny Omega got bit by a guy named Ace Steel. How could you not love that? (laughs) (laughs) Who looks like exactly the you would imagine a grown man that bit someone would look like when you see him. I I don't know what's going on with this guy. I never saw him before this week. He showed up on my TV and then he's immediately fired for biting (laughs) biting one of the vice presidents. Well, we don't know if he got fired yet. We'll find out. Well, whatever. Yes, you would assume he's got to go after this, but I I feel like I have to address this in chunks because there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. First, first, what the fuck is he talking about? You start watching this and. I, you're like, well, I don't really know where why he's bringing this up. You can kind of piece it together, like you said. He's, he starts complaining about a guy, but I don't know why we care about Scott Colton. And then all of a sudden, he he turns and he calls Hangman Adam Page an empty-headed, uh, stupid fucking fuck or whatever he says. Yep. Um, Which I think is like okay for that for just to interrupt. I think that the all the Adam Page stuff is storyline related to build to his next big challenger. You know what I mean? Like we're gonna get we're gonna get MGF. I think Adam Page eventually down the line is gonna be the challenger. Maybe. I because mean, it sounds all, like yeah. But the fucking why are you talking about if why are we talking about Cole? He's Adam? talking about the gate. What are you talking uh, the, about? He Go fucked ahead. up the house. The show uh, he, he, with this promo, it's a disrespect to the business. It's like super super niche shit that I don't. Weird. I have no idea what most of it is, but you know who the people are, and you and you know that it's fucking weird and super unprofessional. That being said, it's also fucking hilarious, and I couldn't. I haven't. Can't stand these fucking goobers that have run this business for so long. Including Tony Khan, who just sat there and took it and and was nodding along because he he had that little of a clue what to do, and he's that afraid of Phil Brooks that he just ate the whole thing to the face, including finding out that uh, there would end up being a fight. He just stayed up there, which is ridiculous. If you run a company and and your vice presidents, your number two in line to the company, just got in a fist fight, and you're just like, I'll just stay and talk. Anyway. I'll I'll stop there because I feel like I got to compose my thoughts. Chris, what do you got, Jimmy? Hold on, real quick, real quick. We'll come back. So, um, so there's multiple. You can watch this. It's all available. The clips are online. There's all. There's another angle where Swerve and Keith Lee are doing their promo, and they're doing it completely in character. They're trying to ask ask questions that are, uh, you know, like behind the scenes, kind of like building the show, talking about maybe they should have given the titles to the other to um the acclaimed instead, and. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland are totally in character, like, you know, like playing like they're professional wrestlers. They're playing their characters. But in the background, you see a security guard go running to the back. And then later on, they bring, I don't know what happened, but they end up bringing um, Chris Jericho out, who reportedly was not supposed to be at this presser. They bring him out, and he says, as he's hugging Tony Khan, he said, some shit happened in the back. Like he says it under his breath. Go ahead, Chris. So from what I understand, the research, like as I looked around on this whole thing, apparently Adam Page had accused CM Punk of getting Cole Cabana knocked off the card and then eventually let go. That's, I believe, where this started. Okay. And there's a report out there that this happened, right? Yeah, that he said this. Yeah, this was off of, you know, one one of the fucking dirt sheet website so now i 
this is pro wrestling. So I would assume that that whole Adam Page thing is most likely a work. Storyline. Storyline, yeah. Um, as far as the thing with uh, the fight backstage and all this other stuff, so first of all, I was wondering, like, do you think you have Tony Khan, whose father owns an NFL team? Do you think there's a little bit of, hey, listen, you know, the the – The end result of this venture that you're in is to make money. And sometimes when you're working with massive egos, NFLers, professional wrestlers, sometimes you got to let some shit slide because they, they're, I mean, like what happens? A bunch of guys, the young bucks, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, and whoever this other guy is that trains CM Punk, a steal, get into a fight. What do you do? Because the move is, would be in any corporation is I don't give a fuck who started it. You're all fired. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't care. You're all fired because here's the thing. We have a situation that brewed. Why did a B and C go down there to confront him? Not expecting something happened. There was an ulterior motive, which was we're going to get into it about this, whether it be a fight or an argument, you know, fist fight or an argument. We went down there looking for some shit. That's, I mean, look, that's the way it is. That's the way most, you know, idiots like myself behave. Um, so everybody would be fired. Where do you end up now where you have no Kenny Omega, no Young Bucks, and no CM Punk? Right? You'd be where you were six months ago, where everybody was hurt. Yeah, right. But at least those guys, those names were still there. What happens if you don't have them at all? Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going on? Nobody knows what's going on backstage with this whole situation. Um, you know, I think that uh, I, I like I said, he he had made CM Punk had made a lot of comments in this presser about um, the lawsuit, the claims, because we all forget about the claim that he said he was going to pay Scott Colton's legal bills and then stopped. And the narrative was that we had heard was he just said, screw it, I'm not paying him anymore. And then you heard from him, hey, look, I did until I didn't. And there was an issue with that law, with that, where he had emails saying Scott Colton was like, we should go our separate ways. Um, So there was no like fucking the guy over, got you in trouble. Now I'm not going to help you out type shit, which is what everybody was saying at that period. So, I mean, but addressing it in a in a press conference is very odd. Your job's press conference. Your jobs, Prescott, all very odd. Um, but I will say this. AEW, I, I, you know, you might disagree with me, I, I, whatever. You look at the roster of AEW. You look at who's on the top of that roster for AEW. The Young Bucks, they're 100% not necessary. Completely unnecessary. Kenny Omega is floating into that realm. When it comes to garnering uh, crossover appeal with different wrestling fans, you want the dudes that they know who they are. And most people, a majority of people who have watched wrestling at any point in the recent past are going to know Jericho. They're going to know Mox, maybe. They're definitely going to know Jericho and CM Punk, and they ain't going to know who the fuck Kenny Omega is. You know? So, I, I mean, I have no... I'll be honest with you. It, it, it's 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 
It gets so mired in commentary from people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, including myself, that I stop giving a shit about that it happened. I'll wait till I find out for real. I'll watch on Wednesday and that'll be the end of the story. But I doubt that anybody's going to get fired other than the expendable guy. A A steal. That's it. If anybody's going to get fired, it's fucking a steal. Right? One, funny, one funny thing that I saw in the report was, okay, so it's there's different differing reports depending on who's friends with whom. Brandon had mentioned one of them. One of the reports is we spoke to, I think, Ace Steel's wife or somebody, and she was in the locker room with Ace Steel. We keep saying his name. We've never said his name on this. We've said it like eight times so far. Ace Steel was in the locker room with CM Punk, the wife, and Larry. Larry's the dog. So, but in the report, they said they was in the room with other people. The other people being A. Steele's wife and Larry. And I was like confused. Well, Larry who? The cable the guy? Bisco. Who the fuck's Larry? The Bisco. Larry no, the it's Bisco. Larry the dog. Brandon God. You're muted. Of course he is. This is a recurring theme. You got Larry the Mute and Brand- Larry the yeah, Dog and Brandon the Mute. I think I keep saying it because I just picture Kenny Omega coming out of there with like a, a t- teeth marks in his shoulder and be like, he fucking bit me. And they're like, who? Like, fucking Ace Steel. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> <weirdo Ace. laughs> who, Larry? No, fucking Ace. That guy that just showed up two weeks ago. <laughs> so the Ace Steel credit, he was, I, I think he was hired like six months ago. It's like a, a uh, I don't know. I guess been eating all the fucking turkey wraps out of the back. <laughs> took a bite out of my fucking arm. <laughs> what? Back, I said this before that I I am a firm believer that pro wrestlers think that you actually fight like you wrestle. Yeah, oh sure. I, I want to DDT him. Let me. I'm trying to set up the DDT. Okay, I got him. Yeah, I won the fight. But then there's like this weird subsection of like fan base. They're like, get like like they were there. They weren't there. Oh, Young Bucks definitely beat up CM Punk. CM Punk lost in the USA. No, no, UFC. Uh, CM Punk definitely won that fight. If you, okay, I don't know any of these people. If you for one minute think the Young Bucks are beating anybody to fuck up. Anyone. Anybody. <laughs> I would have had them. Old ass, old ass heads and bodies with those baby faces. They ain't beating nobody to fuck up. One looks at the other one. You know, I would have had them if I could have set up the super kick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You think they tried to get a super kick off in the they room? They too sweeted first. And That's then, the, and then Ace Steel yeah. bit him while they were too sweetened. <laughs> too sweet. Ow, my arm, my arm, my arm. Dude, I, I, I hope it went down just like that. And as they were trying to super kick, Ace Steel just crushed him over the head with the chair. With the chair. So <laughs> there, was one, back. there was one comment that CM Punk made, which I love. Because <laughs> it just seemed like it kind of, you know, when you look at like the way that these guys are like. I don't know the echo chamber that the young bucks exist in where they think they're great because these, you know, this limited number of people fucking agree with that. And he, he said, you got a company with EVPs who couldn't manage a fucking target. <laughs> and I got, you know, I'm sorry. I'm hurt. I'm cranky. I'm old. I just wrestled the match. I'm tired. And I work, with, I work for children. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, he said a lot hey, of shit. Hey, listen, listen, you never know. We don't know what's going on. Tony Khan may have been sitting there because Tony Khan may have had enough. And he doesn't have the – he's just like, this guy is – now I got somebody who's going to help me. He's going to speak up for what I either can't, won't, am afraid to, you know, won't say. 
Like Tony Khan could be like, I've had enough too, but I don't know what to do. You know? But it's possible. Because they're probably backstage like, no, nah, no, nah, I can't wrestle now. We're supposed to go on at five of eight. No, nah, I, or, you know, five and nine. No, no, you got to move my match. We're shooting being the elite now. I mean, you could see that. I could see that happening. Absolutely. Like, these are two guys. He even addressed. Go ahead, go ahead, even Ram, addressed. Go ahead. He even addressed too. He's like their fucking niche audience of two hundred thousand people. He's like, he said he called it specifically that out. He's like, these guys are worried about their fucking little niche. It's like so. It's aware. People are aware back there that these are goobers are focusing on the back of the room only. Let me. Which let me I appreciate it. Okay, I am not surprised. In one in one minute, have I been surprised that. Omega and the Young Bucks have only cared about themselves. They cared about themselves only when they were in PWG. They cared about themselves when they were in New Japan, when they were doing their own T-shirts, when Kenny Omega was making uh, Golden Lovers T-shirts but didn't give any fucking money to Kota Ibushi, even though he's half of the tag team. I, at no point am I surprised that these guys are fucking selfish. They're absolutely all they are out for is themselves. They make themselves the champ constantly. That's all they care about is themselves. Good Christian Which is the dorkiest shit po- possible. Yeah. All right, final thoughts on this, Chris. These are, you know, I, I, I find myself uh, disliking, heavily disliking, strongly disliking wrestlers that I I see. I could sift through the fucking subterfuge, and I could sift through the subterfuge with these guys, and yet they're in, held in high regard by a special few and um, it really legitimately makes it difficult to watch the program. If they're on TV, I turn it off or I leave the room. I can't stand these guys. And it's not so much who they are or what they're doing. It's that they – it's the fans that have been just – are I, conned. 200,000 of them. The conned fans. Or, ah, yeah, the young bucks. Here we go. They've had the same fucking dude in the same fucking clothes doing the same fucking thing for fucking three years now. You want to hear With something the fucking funny? cold spray. God. The new thing is Omega and the Young Bucks are going to WWE. The Young Bucks in WWE. With their physiques. Triple H is going to have that. <laughs> Look, we'll say a lot of things about WWE, but one thing that they those people all look good. They look <laughs> chiseled. <laughs> all of them look chiseled. These guys ain't fucking making it in WWE. Sorry, guys. No, and this is, you know, this is like a defining fucking thing for Tony Khan. If he gets rid of CM Punk, which it seems like there's a greater than 0% chance will happen, right. this show, and, and it sticks with these guys, the show will go as far as Kenny Omega fucking takes it, which isn't that far. There's a reason that I think that this happened. We've talked about it. You can kind of see something like this coming when there's real professional wrestling guys like a Danielson or a punk show up and they're trying to make get other people over focused on the business as a whole selling fucking tickets when they come to Philly getting out of the Lyacor center and into the Wells Fargo center or 20,000 seats bigger shows and these geeks are, are killing a half an hour running their fucking trios match and uh, worried about their YouTube show it's a sincere problem with this and I you know as much as it seems like everybody's pissed at CM Punk Right now, I, I'm kind of glad that this is, has gotten to this point where he did this. I'm not. I, I'm, not I, yeah, I'm, I'm not pissed at all. I loved what he did. I think it's completely unprofessional, right? We can agree on that. Oh yeah. But yeah, but I, I think, I think that me time. ripping my smock off in the middle of the shift because I'm fucking sick and tired of it is unprofessional. But sometimes you got to rip a smock, brother. 
Yeah. You got to yeah, win. This is the year of total annihilation, buddy. Talk about total annihilation. You bust the young bucks over the head. He steals backstage like... My buddy Ace is biting your fucking ass. Let us let us flash back to anybody who wants to say that it's all oh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and these guys are the soul of this company and they're the originals in this company and they're the reason why this company's here and blah 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 blah. Let us flash back to the first time they did the Elia Core Center and the second time they did Elia Core Center and you can get tickets off Groupon. That's right. <sighs> and then CM Punk came in and you couldn't. Oh, uh, pay-per-view. Pay-per-view in Newark, by the way. Did we talk this about this? Need. This is what I need. Brandon, we talk uh, about, did we talk about pay-per-view in Newark? No. Yeah, so there's AW pay-per-views in Newark. Full gear? Is that the next one? Yeah, whatever the next one is. At in the Newark. stadium? Where? Uh, the Prudential. Stadium? Devils. 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 Uh, it's Devils. a big one. Yeah. Oh, I don't know it's like, about that, is it? Is that the Prudential? That's the only yeah. thing in Newark. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, Newark. Yeah, I'm thinking of Trent. Sorry. Yeah, Newark. Yeah. Uh, I will skip Dynamite if I get tickets to the pay-per-view. Um, I will go to that pay-per-view only if we can get on that giant Ferris wheel that overlooks the Jersey Turnpike in the swamp. <laughs> I'm into it. I think fucking he was like, terrified. I'll watch from the ground. I'll sit on the bench with all the stuffed animals waiting for you guys to get done. There you go. He'd be in the wave pool while I'm on the window, while I'm on, his, on the uh, water slide. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about dynamite this week. Here's what we got. Ready? MJF versus Punk Part Two begins. We think. We don't know, because we're getting and we're gonna hear from MJF. Can't wait for this promo. It better not be canned. The same thing. You marks. Come on, man. We're over that. Let's move on. Uh, on, Death please. Triangle versus Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. We get Wheeler Uta versus Daniel Garcia, number two. Two stands for poop. And I see no women's matches. There you go. That's what I got so far. If I don't get Ace Steel versus Nick Jackson, then this is what these guys are all fucking bozos. <laughs> Dude, Give me what I want. Yeah, you better cash. Get on this. Barbed wire match. Ace Steel versus Nick, Nick Jackson. Ace Steel wearing a steel grill. He comes biter, biter league town match. <laughs> jaws from fucking James Bond. Biter leaves town match. I'm into it. <laughs> Loser gets pit match. They go at each other like. Oh my god. <laughs> was it Ace Ventura too? Yeah, it was Ace Ventura too, where he goes to bite Tommy Davidson. He's like, ah, yeah, ah. <laughs> You don't fire these fucking guys. You put Ace Steel in a straight jacket like That's what I'm talking about. and yes. wheel them out there like. Arr, arr, arr. If you're a true carny and you care about the business so much, you better work this into a fucking storyline. Fuck. Yeah, bring him out like fucking uh, Hannibal Lecter. He's got the mask on. <laughs> He's in Hannibal a straight Lecter. jacket. They bring him out on the friggin' gurney. He's like, oh, oh, fine wine <laughs> and a nice Chianti. Yeah, even though he's tied up in the corner, the young bucks are still trying to stay away from him because he's that scary. Yeah, he's so scared. He's walking up with Larry. We got Larry the dog. We got Larry the dog all fired up. He's like, ah, fine wine. Nyan. And a fine wine. And a nice Chianti. Fine wine. And a nice Chianti. I love it. Oh, there you go. You know, fine wine. 
It's fava beans. My mistake. Catch it up, man. Give yeah. me a fucking rabid ace steel. Oh, dude, foaming at the mouth. Oh, my God. There's, dude, I don't know what. Yeah, oh, I'm on. I, hold on. This is ITNWWE.com. Here we go. Talk about some fucking speculation. AEW to face legal issues after backstage altercation between punks and elites. Elites! Uh, elites. <laughs> punks and elites. <laughs> Oh my god. Ace Steel looks like one of those like he looks like he was hanging upside down for two hours before he comes out, like his head's <laughs> red ass block red. Yeah. <laughs> no neck, no blood. hair blockhead. <laughs> <laughs> this is now officially the number we're the if you guys want to apply we're the Ace Steel fan club, you guys should apply right now. You get a <laughs> you is get a free one? you get a free piece of meat to bite into. Dude, I want an Ace Steel shirt. Hold on. What if he actually comes out to get, like, because they got money, like Shotgun Scott. They spend some of that Shotgun money. Uh And he comes out, they bring Ace Steel out, but he's like, or. Okay. Let's go backwards. He comes out, CM Punk comes out with Larry in his hand. And Larry's like, and it turns into Ace Steel. Like Larry like like the same person. Like a lycanthrope. Oh, the report was like, oh, there was people backstage. It's because Ace Steel <laughs> turned into Larry at some point and started biting people. <laughs> he was like, hey, man, as someone who has bitten someone before, good for you. <sighs> I love this fucking guy. If we go to that pay-per-view, we're, we're going in three Ace Steel shirts. Yeah, Ace Steel uh, football jersey. <laughs> the Ace Steel fan club. <laughs> we, all have, we all have fucking... Uh, things over our mouth. Muzzles on. Muzzles. Hannibal Lecture masks. Yeah, Hannibal Lecture. (laughs) (laughs) Hannibal Lecture's cousin, Hannibal Lecture. Ow! Run line! (laughs) Anything else? Run line! You guys got anything else you're going to talk about with AEW? No, I hate wrestling. No, let's go out like that. I mean, AEW might, they might go over a million this week. Being the elite might get over 300,000. Their niche-ass fucking group. <laughs> I'm into it. Oh, by the way, we get uh, Suzu Suzuki versus Sai Kamitani this weekend. I'm still that's still my agenda, Suzu Suzuki agenda. I'm still on it until she loses this weekend. All right, uh, thanks for joining us this week and joining us here every week. The wrestling is hard. Fine wine and a nice Chianti. I, I got to find the rest of my uh, lines. You would think I'd have them memorized by now, but I don't. There they are. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe. Wrestling is Hard Productions. Everybody and Chris, I'm Jim, and we'll be back here next week with probably a much more boring week than, than this past one because whew, you're not going to top pro wrestling. This pro wrestling's back, baby. We got biting in chairs in the backstage, fist fights, fine wine. Carney's going to Carney. Carney, Carney, chili con Carney all day. Bye bye.